0: hello welcome to second impressions the pride and prejudice podcast my name is grace and i'm tom and we're gonna go through jane austen's pride and prejudice chapter by chapter so uh today we're doing chapter 23 but tom why don't you give us a quick recap on chapter 22.
1: okay so if we recall in chapter 22 charlotte and mr collins finally get engaged it's official sir william and lady lucas both highly approve of this match But Charlotte makes Mr. Collins promise not to tell the Bennets. She wants to break the news to Elizabeth herself. So Mr. Collins does not tell the Bennets anything, but he does leave them, and he's like, I'm going to come back real soon. And Mr. Bennet's like, well, I don't don't know. Is that really such a good idea? (laughs) Mr. Collins is like, don't worry. I appreciate your your kind warnings, but I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So he's gone, Um, and then Charlotte comes over, and breaks the news to Elizabeth herself that she and Collins are getting married and Elizabeth does not like this. She thinks that Mr. Collins is a terrible, foolish person and Charlotte can do way better and she's basically debasing herself in this match. So that's 22. All right, what happened in 23, Grace?
0: Okay, in chapter 23, um, Sir William comes over to the bandit household to tell everyone about the happy engagement between his daughter charlotte lucas and mr collins and of course mrs bennett feels all five stages of grief in the matter she is first just totally like in disbelief can't believe it's happening um and you know towards the end she's just like really peeved
1: why does mrs bennett want one of her daughters to marry mr collins so badly that's
0: a very good point like we've Beat it on over over the head again and again, but it's a very important thing to remember is because Mr. Collins is going to inherit Longbourn, where all of the Bennets live right now. Their house is called Longbourn. Mr. Collins is going to inherit Longbourn, and so because there's no um, no sons, only daughters, in order to keep Longbourn in the Bennett household, Bennett family, they have to uh, one of the daughters will have to would have to theoretically marry Mr. Collins to keep the house. But that did not happen. In fact, (laughs) it has now gone to Mr. Collins and uh, Charlotte Lucas. How's that for a plot twist? Um, The Lucases, Sir William and Lady Lucas can't help but rub it in a little bit. Um, Maybe a little deservedly so to Mrs. Bennett. (laughs) I
1: think particularly Lady Lucas. We'll get into it.
0: Yeah. Um, Mr. Collins, true to his word um, and true to his acceptance of mr and mrs bennett's very mild invitation to come back does indeed come back to longbourn he stays um he stays a while a little bit um at longbourn instead of at his betrothed's house we'll also get into why he does that um and in the midst of all of this there's still no word from mr bingley caroline bingley anyone from that party they are in london and a wall And it kind of just, and not. I mean, that just also just adds more to Mrs. Bennett's uh, poor nerves, the fact that Longbourn is now going to go to Charlotte, and that there's still no word from Bingley, who was supposed to come back, like, a couple of days after he left, after the Netherfield ball.
1: Oh, and there's a rumor going around Meryton that he's not going to come back all winter. That's
0: right, yeah. There's a rumor circulating that's like, well, winter's here, he's not coming back, and Mrs. Bennett is, like... Forcing that to not happen.
1: <laughs> it says like, oh, she thinks she says that's the most salacious gossip or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> <Slander>. right. <laughs>
0: How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, and it just, I mean, yeah. This this chapter actually ends the first volume of Pride and Prejudice, and uh, it ends with this very kind of tepid conversation between Mister and Missus bennett Kind of how you know how the volume and the book started with a, another conversation between mr and mrs bennett so not really out with a bang but with a whisper or i guess whimper i guess yeah whimper. uh,
1: (laughs) okay let's get into it let's get into it all right sorry chapter 23 i'll go ahead and start off okay says elizabeth was sitting with her mother and sisters reflecting on what she had heard and doubting whether she were authorized to mention it so what is it that she heard that elizabeth heard
0: oh that charlotte is engaged to Collins. yes
1: so elizabeth's with her sister and mothers she's thinking about what charlotte told her which is that she's going to marry collins and she's doubting whether it's okay to mention this news to (laughs) the rest of the family doubting whether she were authorized to mention it who do you think would have authorized her charlotte yeah i think yeah. so i think elizabeth is wondering like is, am i allowed to now tell this news to other people
0: yeah i don't know how it would have gone over if i don't think elizabeth wants to be the one to break i don't the think news. so
1: uh-huh. okay but that doesn't happen okay so she's sitting there she's reflecting on what she heard doubting whether she can mention it to her family when sir lucas himself appeared sent by his daughter to announce her engagement to the family uh, okay with many compliments to them And much self-congratulation on the prospect of a connection between the houses, he unfolded the matter. So, Sir William starts this, like, he starts this reveal first by complimenting the Bennets, and then on congratulating himself on forming a new connection between Lucas Lodge and Longbourn. And what is this new connection going to be?
0: Oh, between the Lucases and...
1: Uh, Well, between Lucas Lodge and Longbourn. Yeah. What, What will the new connection be?
0: Oh, between um, their daughter, Charlotte, and Mr. Collins.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to own your house. Yeah. That, that's that's the, the real connection. Right. I will own your house someday.
0: Right.
1: Uh-huh. So with many compliments to them and much <laughs> self-congratulation on the prospect of a connection between the houses, he unfolded the matter. To an audience not merely wondering, but incredulous. <laughs> so not only surprised, but basically, I can't believe this, incredulous. Yeah. Like, this is preposterous. <laughs> For Mrs. Bennett, with more perseverance than politeness, protested he must be entirely mistaken. And Lydia, always unguarded and often uncivil, <laughs> boisterously exclaimed, Good Lord, Sir William, how can you tell such a story? Do not you know that Mr. Collins wants to marry Lizzie?
0: <laughs> just the absolute, like, it almost, it almost kind of demonstrates just how unboisterous... Or how, how uncivil and how boisterous she is, because her dialogue sounds really similar to how we talk now.
1: We also have to remember, uh, earlier Lydia says, Lord, I'm tired, yeah. after the Netherfield ball. Good Lord, how uh-huh. tired I
0: am, which I now use all the time. <laughs> this is a stronger,
1: uh, good Lord is a stronger oath than what it sounds like to us. Yeah. it kind It's kind of like saying, God damn. It, God it, damn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Sir yeah. William. She's basically uh-huh. saying this, like,
0: God damn it, don't you know, you <laughs> idiot? <laughs>
1: Okay, so he tells them Charlotte and Mister Collins are getting married. Mm -hmm. They're not only surprised but incredulous. I mean, to
0: them, it must just be like he walked in with two heads when he said this. uh It's just like that's that's. Well, they all know
1: that he just proposed to Elizabeth.
0: That's all. Yeah, and it's now what two days later. (laughs) Uh
1: And then this is not even in these crazy circumstances. This is not the way you react to this news, Mm Missus Bennet with more perseverance than politeness so if we could have mistaken her thinking if we thought she was doing this out of politeness she's not no she protests that sir william has to be wrong she's basically like you're wrong like yeah. that's not true right the perseverance
0: uh, is sort of like if it, if it's if she is not genuinely confused she just like is willing it to be false.
1: Uh-huh. So Sir William says, Charlotte's marrying Mr. Collins. My daughter is gonna marry Mr. Collins, and Mrs. Bennett says, You're wrong. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> no, Bennett's <laughs> just like,
0: no, yeah. no, that's not uh-huh. true. That's not happening.
1: <laughs> I don't even know, like, in what world could refuting this news be like a polite thing to do. <laughs> it's not polite. No, it's not polite in the least bit. And Lydia, she just lets the cat out of the bag. Like, he proposes she she basically tells him. He, uh, that Collins proposed to Lizzie.
0: Yeah, it's like, don't you know that Mr. Collins wants to marry Lizzie? Not even, like, Elizabeth, but, like, Lizzie. huh.
1: <laughs> okay, but no, no, don't worry, because nothing less than the complacence of a courtier <laughs> could have borne without anger such treatment. But Sir William's good breeding carried him through it all, and though he begged leave to be positive as to the truth of his information, he listened to all their impertinence... With the most forbearing courtesy. Okay. So, there's a lot of words that mean of the court. So, Sir William is just such, like, a courtly gentleman that he can take all of this abuse from the Bennett family. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? A courtier is someone who belongs to the court. Mm -hmm. And courtesy, which is a word we use a lot now, meaning, like, politeness, means, like, acting courtly. Yeah. And the court is the Court of England. So... (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, the court of the king.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, like, the, the round table, kind of. This is, These are where all these words come from. Yeah. It means to act like a rich guy who knows the king.
0: Yeah, to act like a member of, like, the king's um, entourage or something. Kind
1: of. Like, yeah, the inner government of, like, the monarchy.
0: Right. And, of course, this is obviously hilarious because, I mean... Sir William's knighthood is almost like a farce. It's all itself. sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Sir
1: William is a merchant who became the mayor of Meryton and then got like a knighthood, like yeah. basically just by accident. Right. Uh So yeah, it's all being like very sarcastic when it's saying his good breeding carried him through. But I guess Sir William is just like a decent enough guy that he can take this abuse from the Bennets. Like when they tell him, yeah, your daughter's not going to marry Mr. Collins, he's like, yeah, it's going to happen, but he does it politely. mm Uh, You want to keep reading from there?
0: Sure. Elizabeth, feeling it incumbent on her to relieve him from so unpleasant a situation... relieve who? uh, Sir William. Yes. Uh um, Now put herself forward to confirm his account by mentioning her prior knowledge of it from Charlotte herself, and endeavored to put a stop to the exclamations of her mother and sisters by the earnestness of her congratulations to Sir William, in which she was readily joined by Jane and by making a variety of remarks on the happiness that might be expected from the match the excellent character of mr collins and the convenient distance of huntsford from london
1: <laughs> okay yeah so so elizabeth is yeah. watching
0: this play out. she's like once again she's like his her family is just making an embarrassment of themselves and by extension of elizabeth so she's just like all right let me just let me just like confirm that this is actually true <laughs> because uh-huh. like she's like yeah charlotte already told me and so she's sort of just trying to like almost like, I don't know, uh, pivot the conversations more towards like a congratulatory nature. Well,
1: this is how the family, that is the polite way to correct, I mean, to uh, react to when someone tells you that their daughter's getting married. It's not to like question it. It's not it's to be like, like yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you... <laughs> it reminds me of,
0: I mean, I know you don't follow memes, but I mean, remember there's that episode where, uh, of The Office, where Toby comes back. And Steve Carell, or Michael Scott, is just like, no, no, no!
1: Yeah, that's kind of what Mrs. Bennett. is that's doing That's exactly here. Mrs. Bennett's reaction <laughs> right now. <laughs> you liar! <laughs> Shut your dirty mouth! <laughs> yeah, so Elizabeth jumps in, and she starts congratulating Sir William. And of course, Jane is the other person who readily follows. Uh, and it says, Elizabeth makes a variety of remarks
2: mm.
1: on the happiness that might be expected from the match. Mm. Uh, Does that sound like the happiness that is guaranteed from the match?
0: No. The happiness, yeah. The happiness of Sir William and Lady Lucas.
1: I think of the whole, like, party, right? No, but yeah, Uh it is sort of like,
0: it's like, it's like 60% accurate.
1: The happiness that might be expected. These are kind of, I feel like she's purposely, like, pulling her punches a little bit. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: because you're right, because, like, it's such a, it's such a, Like blank, or it's such a a universally applicable.
1: Oh, it's super generic. Any uh any engagement
0: might might be hap might be happy. If anything, it's a
1: little like the generic thing would be to say, "Oh, they're definitely gonna be happy." So she's like (laughs) pulling that back a little bit. Oh, yeah. All the happiness that might be expected. (laughs) The excellent character of Mr. Collins. So, this is I I read this as like this is not mr collins is his excellent personality no it's more so like the position he has in society kind of
0: yeah like yeah. he is a
1: respectable man like i know that he is odious but he has like a good job and money mm-hmm. and had like went to school and is like knows like manners even if they're totally hollow <laughs> so i think that's kind of what she's speaking to when she says the excellent character of mm-hmm. mr collins yeah
0: and the convenient distance of Huntsford, which is where he lives right now, mm-hmm. from London,
1: and that's just a pure joke. Like <laughs> she is out of good things to say about Collins at this point. Yeah, if the uh. first two
0: were even good things to say, it's like then she is truly like at- scraping the bottom of the barrel uh. for compliments.
1: <laughs> and you know what? And she's gonna live a little closer to London now. Yeah, she's a train uh. ride right away from New York City. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Mrs. Bennett was in fact too much overpowered to say a great deal while Sir William remained. But no sooner had he left them than her feelings found a rapid vent. In the first place, she persisted in disbelieving the whole of the matter. Secondly, she was very sure that Mr. Collins had been taken in. Thirdly, she trusted that they would never be happy together. And fourthly, that the match might be broken off.
1: Okay, this is great. So she can't, Mrs. Bennett is just so overcome with anger when Sir <laughs> William's there that she can't even talk, Yeah, right? she's probably
0: like blue in the face. Uh,
1: <laughs> but once he's gone, then she like starts talking up a storm. Yeah, yeah, because uh-huh. there's
0: not one single polite thing she can say to Sir William right now. And so once he leaves, she just like lets it all out to her daughters. Yeah, no
1: sooner had he left them than her feelings found a rapid vent. This mm-hmm. makes me think of a volcano. Yeah. Like I, a I don't, it, Like a geyser. <laughs> more bent, even i'm not sure if austin was purposely tapping into it but she is just like you know like bubbling below the surface while sir william's there and then once he has gone she explodes yeah and then i love how okay so the first thing in the first place the first thing she says is that she persists in disbelieving that this is even true right right the second thing is that Collins must have been tricked? Mm-hmm. So I love how she has already forgotten about the first thing by the <laughs> point that the, by the time that she mentions the second thing.
0: Yeah, these two things can't be um, can't be uh, um, they can't exist together. It can't be that both it's not true and that Collins was tricked. It's one or the other. But uh-huh. In her mind, it's just all of these things.
1: <laughs> it's all of the above. It's not true. He's been tricked. Uh, thirdly. They're Um, never going to be happy together. So
0: that's almost like borderline acceptance, maybe. Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: she's going to the motions. (laughs) And then fourthly, the match might be broken off. Like, it might not even happen. There's like Uh a ray of
0: hope. A hope that this happy uh, happy, um, engagement might be broken off. Quote-unquote happy. Okay. Two inferences, however, were plainly deduced from the whole. One, that Elizabeth (laughs) was the cause of all the mischief. And the other... That she herself had been barbarously used by them all. <laughs>
1: and who is she herself? Mrs. Bennett. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then Mrs. Bennett herself had been barbarously used by them all. And on these two points, she principally dwelt during the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> I love this. So oh, number one,
0: yeah. it's Elizabeth's fault that uh-huh. all of this is happening, this ungrateful child. And two, I have been used by every single one of my friends. Like... From the Lucases, who I thought were my friends, whom, whose daughter I always considered ugly and told them to their face was ugly, and Mr. Collins, who told me that he was going to marry Elizabeth and then went off and married Charlotte.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so of, everyone. <laughs> of all, like, the two main conclusions that Mrs. Bennett reaches as a result of this turn of events is that it's all Elizabeth's fault. And me, Missus Bennett, has been terribly abused by everyone, <laughs> Barbious, <barbalously, laughs> wait, say barbarously. Wait, no. barbarously. Barbarously used. Uh, yeah,
0: barbarous. I mean, that's like like barbarian. barbarian. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, like everyone
0: around me is a fuck. Sorry, this uh, is like a freaking barbarian uh, who's been using me this whole time.
1: <laughs> and on these two points, she principally dwelt during the rest of the day. So, among other things, these are the two <laughs> principal <laughs> <laughs> ideas yeah. that she's going to keep bringing up throughout the rest of the day. Right, just
0: like stewing in this like. This this hate and betrayal Uh. and anger. Okay. Nothing could console and nothing appease her, nor did that day wear out her resentment. A week elapsed before she could see Elizabeth without scolding her. A month passed away before she could speak to Sir William or Lady Lucas without being rude. And many months were gone before she could at all forgive their daughter.
1: Their, her, their daughter being Elizabeth. Elizabeth. The, no, wait, they, no, wait, hold on. No, no, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, yeah, yeah, Charlotte. The, the daughter being Charlotte. There yeah. is Sir William and Lady Lucas. Yeah. That's who that refers to. Right. Uh. So I have yeah. a question, actually. So, yes. So this
0: little part about how a week elapsed and a month elapsed and many more months elapsed, is that, are we, are we shotgunning into the future or is this just sort of like, oh, and like the author is telling you that... Like, it would be many months before she could forgive a I I think we're going to,
1: we're looking into the future, but then we rubber band back to the present gotcha. moment. So this okay. is, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, like, narrative choice to make here. So now we are going to look, like, into months ahead, mm-hmm. but we're still staying in the same scene. I think that's what the idea is, if you look at the next paragraph, because then we're going to talk about everyone else's emotions, like, reaction to the marriage.
0: hmm Oh, I have a, well, hmm. What's up? No, never mind. I I'll, I'll. I think it's a little bit of a spoiler. But do we think the many months were gone before she could at all forget... Oh, wait, no, never mind. I take it back. Because the, their daughter's referring to Charlotte. Uh-huh. I thought it was referring to Elizabeth, and I had a different thought altogether. I think this is a li-
1: it's a little, like, you know, preview of what's coming up. Yeah, But we're yeah. not... It, I was wondering that also when I read it myself. This is not, like... The next paragraph does not take place the months later. Right. This is just, like... It's still... In and the- then, yeah. And this is what happened in the future after this for mrs bennett mm. and i think maybe this is this like move the let's look far into the future is indicating that we're at the end of volume one
2: mm, okay
1: because you have to remember that this would have been you know published in three separate edition or you know three separate chunks yeah yeah. so yeah. you're kind of building like the suspense it's like of oh what's stay come, tuned in the future. yeah right. a
0: little bit of a cliffhanger maybe um yeah.
1: okay yeah well let's hear about how the rest of the family reacts
0: okay Mr. Bennett's emotions were much more tranquil on the occasion, and such as he did experience, he pronounced it to be of a most agreeable sort, for it gratified him, he said, to discover that Charlotte Lucas, whom he had used to think tolerably sensible, was as foolish as his wife and more foolish than his daughter.
1: Okay, so how does Mr. Bennett react to this? All
0: right, well, Mr. Bennett is tickled pink by the whole situation. Mm -hmm. He, um... He pronounced it to be a most agreeable sort because it gratified him. Yeah, to realize, to realize. I mean, it's it, to him, it's almost hilarious. It's not even a disappointment to him that Charlotte is actually not who he thought he was. He finds it like quite funny that charlotte is just as dumb as mrs bennett
1: oh he loves i i mean it's so hard to tell like what mr bennett sincerely feels and what he doesn't yeah but he just loves amusement so much that whenever anyone makes himself ridiculous this like makes mr bennett happy in a way nothing else can yeah it's it's
0: it's it's like a different type of um unfeeling i think
1: it's hard to tell just because like I
0: he's not quite he's not quite unfeeling and cold but
1: oh well he is (laughs) i mean we'll get into that yeah he gets cold in this chapter yeah
0: yeah yeah. he does get cold Uh, in this chapter but like we shouldn't try again we shouldn't try to think of mr bennett as this like warm paternal figure because he is not No, he's not the very i mean he barely um i mean he his favorite daughter is elizabeth but that's not to say that he treats her with any sort of like like, what we consider to be, like, paternal warmth. He just, like, he is so, um, he's, he just looks so lowly on everyone around him, his family included, that, like, Elizabeth is, like, almost barely the exception. Yeah,
1: well, Mr. Bennet is not the kind of father who's gonna, like, hug you and say, <laughs> say, say, I love you. No. Uh, but what I'm saying is, like, it's hard to tell, like, when Mr. Bennet says these things, he would say this aloud, like, oh, you know, it's it's immensely gratifying to me to ter- uh, find out that Charlotte's such a fool, that is, like, it's sarcastic on one level. Like, that's obviously, I don't know. You know, his posture, <laughs> only, like, a sarcastic person would say that without, like, risking themselves, I don't know, to sound like someone terrible, right? Yeah, yeah. But I guess, like, Mr. Bennett has just reached such a state where that is his actual life. Like, he does, it is highly gratifying to him to see people make themselves ridiculous. Yeah. That is his one joy in life. That's so,
0: Yeah, his one joy in life is to just, like, look at the ridiculousness of people around him
1: so i guess it's sincere that it's not when it says that mr bennett was highly gratified by charlotte lucas's like dunderhead decision like (laughs) that is true
0: yeah he might have said it in like a like a in a like a almost like a jape uh-huh. But he's he's being genuine. yes that is, that is how he gets <laughs> his pleasure his from life. That is his form of genuine uh-huh. genu- um, gen, genuineness.
1: But he's such an interesting character because like he he blurs the line of what is sarcastic anymore, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let's hear how did the what does the rest of the family feel?
0: All right. Uh, Jane confessed herself a little surprised at the match, but she said a lot she said less of her astonishment than of her desire for their happiness. In true Jane form, nor could Elizabeth persuade her to consider it as improbable.
1: What as what improbable?
0: As the the marriage, the match.
1: No, no the happiness. Oh, sorry,
0: sorry. Yeah, the the happiness between Collins and uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte yeah, yeah. is it's um it's it's impossible.
1: So Jane, this a little is great. <laughs> Jane <laughs> considered herself or confessed herself a little surprised. But her astonishment is less than her desire that they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth cannot persuade Jane that they're not going to be happy.
0: <laughs> Kitty and Lydia were far from envying Miss Lucas. For Mr. Collins was only a clergyman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and who do they, who would they rather marry? What profession oh, are they an officer in, in a red coat. Yes, absolutely. And it
0: affected them in no other way than as a piece of news to spread at Meriton.
1: And Mary gets no reaction, I guess.
0: Because... Maybe she's too busy in the other room transcribing words again. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess you know we'll talk about this more, but the little sentence, the short passage about Mary in the last chapter talking about how she could have made a match with Collins if he like had learned some more. I think that's kind of Mary's reaction would be like it's no great loss, right right yeah uh-huh. if he would if I could have I could have taught him to be better, but <laughs> you know whatever, I'll go read. I'll go make more extracts <laughs> It is like. Definitely great that, uh, it's great characterization that every single character in the family can have a reaction to this, and they all feel so unique to who they are.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um.
1: Okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll keep going if that's okay. Alright. Uh, oh yeah, well basically Kitty and Lydia are indifferent though. They could care less. Yeah. They're like, ew, Collins is gross because he's a clergyman. <laughs>
0: The only value that this has added to their lives is that now they get to have a piece of gossip to spread it into town.
1: Right. That's the only thing they see it as. Yeah. Lady Lucas could not be insensible of triumph on being able to retort on Mrs. Bennett the comfort of having a daughter well married. Mm. What does that mean?
0: So she basically couldn't, um, she couldn't resist uh, the victory that she now has mm-hmm. uh, by being able to like, like basically like clap back because Mrs. Okay, let's remember like Mrs. Bennett this whole time has gloated on and on about how beautiful her daughters are uh, and how they're gonna and especially when mr bingley came to town how jane is basically just about ready just about engaged to mr bingley the wealthiest man to have stepped foot in this town forever she
1: was doing this at the netherfield ball and like yeah. her poorly concealed whispers primarily <laughs> to lady lucas to lady uh-huh. lucas
0: and then of course you know um to compound on that also just all of mrs bennett's jabs at uh, lady lucas's daughter charlotte for being so like not pretty and uh, and old and um just not uh, with a slew of suitors that Jane had uh- uh-huh. um, so all of this in um, lady Lucas basically had to suffer because she has no retort she has no comeback for she never like, had anything
1: to say before because it was
0: sort of true Jane uh-huh. is prettier all of the do- all of the Bennett daughters were prettier and livelier than Charlotte and younger than Charlotte so um mrs so lady Lucas kind of had to just like endure mrs bennett's jabs with uh with like real like sol- solemnity <laughs> exactly
1: uh-huh but now now she but can now, retort yeah. So this is what the retort is that's yes. the answer to all yes. these like jabs mrs. lady bennett's lucas's re-
0: retort uh-huh. is um uh was able to retort on mrs bennett the comfort so the the, like, satisfaction of having a daughter well-married. Which
1: we know is Mrs. Bennet's one goal in life yeah. is to have her daughters well-married, Yeah, or even just a daughter.
0: So, at the beginning of the book, Mrs. Bennet and uh, Lady Lucas were both O and O. And now Lady Lucas is one and O. I can just imagine, <laughs> yeah, Bennett. I
1: can imagine. Well, and then on top of, those were a lot of great reasons. All great then- reason.
0: But then also... Um,
1: Well, Well, on top of what you were going to say, I mean, on top of what you said, just, like, who doesn't want to cut Mrs. Bennet down to size, right? Yeah. I can picture this in my head. You know, Lady Lucas meeting with Mrs. Bennet and just being like, well, you know, it is truly a comfort for me to have a daughter Mm well-married.
0: All the passive aggressiveness that Mrs. Bennet imbued onto lady lucas lady lucas now actually has real cards now to put on the table which uh, is a married daughter
1: yes exactly exactly the thing mrs bennett wants
0: yeah okay um did you want to yeah. continue
1: sure sure okay. so lady lucas cannot be insensible, insensible yeah. of the triumph on being able to retort a mrs bennett the comfort of having a daughter well married <laughs> and she called it long rather oftener than usual to say how happy she was Though Missus Bennet's sour looks and ill-natured remarks might have been enough to drive happiness away.
0: Okay, so my question here is, why is Lady Lucas coming over to Longbourn more than usual?
1: One, to throw it in Missus Bennet's face. Uh huh. Two, because Lady Lucas is all oh too all too aware that that's going to be her home someday.
0: Yeah, maybe. In fact,
1: once when we uh, in the scene when the Lady Lucas and Sir William first learn of collins's and charlotte's marriage lady lucas's first reaction is to like figure to estimate in her head how long <laughs> mr bennett has until he's gonna kick the bucket
0: exactly she's like uh-huh. counting down the seconds
1: yeah <laughs> she's like, he doesn't seem that healthy what does he got like another 10 years Let's in just him? just
0: ply him full of roast pig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah okay so yeah she's basically just going over there to gloat <laughs> Uh, even though Mrs. Bennett, you know, is not. she's Her sour looks and ill-natured remarks might have been enough to drive happiness away. Might have been. Had it been anything less than yeah. such sweet, like, poetic <laughs> justice.
0: Okay. But, Be- oh, yeah, go wait, ahead. Go okay, ahead. sure. Between Elizabeth and Charlotte, there was a restraint which kept them mutually silent on the subject. And Elizabeth felt persuaded that no real confidence could ever subsist between them again. That's sad.
1: I think that it definitely is sad, but I feel like that rings true to me. Like, I don't know. I feel like friendships will kind of fall apart. Not necessarily because of wrongs that friends have done each other, but just, like, choices friends make that they... That other friends then think that, oh, well, you're a totally different person than who I thought you were.
0: Right. Not even... They don't even necessarily have to fall apart. It's just sort of, like, you are now sort of, like, on different grounds. You're not as close as you thought you were. Uh And that's, that's kind of relatable, like... We grow up, we sort of make choices that are that we are surprised or sorry, our sometimes our friends make choices that we're surprised by and then it's sort of like, Oh, how well do I know you? How how much have we drifted apart? Imagine
1: like having a friend who like votes a different way than you do oh or my something. God. And then you're I... like, Oh no, <laughs> <Friendship> yeah, <over. laughs> yeah, yeah. This puts everything into question. So that times a million, like <laughs> <laughs> replace vote with marriage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Or maybe, like, even, like, maybe, like, what if your friend got engaged to someone who votes differently than you do or that you thought your friends did? Right, yeah,
1: exactly. You just, it puts into question who you thought Mm -hmm. that person was. But this is, we'll come back to this. Elizabeth should have, you know, this is a lack in her judgment. She, She should be able to reconcile this.
0: She should be able to reconcile it. And despite all of the thinking that she had supposedly been doing at the start of the chapter what what Charlotte has done was not untrue to her own character. She's doing exactly as she has has stated her philosophy of marriage to be, which is that it's a crapshoot, and you might as well just snack the first one you get. And that's right. what he did. She, yeah. That's what she did. She uh-huh. snacked the first one she got.
1: And it's, you know, he's... Colin's gonna give Charlotte a more comfortable establishment than probably any other suitor, even if there ever will be another suitor again.
0: Yeah, like, sorry to say, Elizabeth, but Charlotte can't be your single friend forever, just so you could, like... like talk shittily about the people of your town with you know like she's not just there for you for your for you to like entertain yourself with a little bit she Mm -hmm. also has her own life to think about yeah
1: elizabeth's also younger and she doesn't quite understand like you know the compromise that is necessary in (laughs) life especially for someone in charlotte's position
0: yeah okay
1: yes okay so elizabeth feels like there can be no real confidence between her and charlotte ever again yeah her disappointment in charlotte made her turn with fonder regard to her sister, of whose rectitude and delicacy she was sure her opinion could never be shaken. Okay. And for whose happiness she grew daily more anxious, as Bingley had now been gone a week, and nothing was heard of his return. Yikes. So this it gets a little tricky in this sentence. Yeah but... a lot
0: of stuff is being um being uh uh revealed in this sentence. Uh uh-huh.
1: so Elizabeth's disappointment with Charlotte mm-hmm. makes her turn with fond regard to her sister. So it basically makes like Elizabeth pay more attention to Jane because now her friend is she, Elizabeth feel like her friend has been stolen from her kind of.
0: Yeah. And she also it's sort of like she's more grateful for her sister now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this
1: is also very relatable. Like who doesn't, you know, you lose your best friend then you turn to number 2 in line. You're like <laughs> you're my best friend now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I only got you. <laughs>
2: um
1: Okay, so she turns to Jane, of whose rectitude and delicacy Sherry was sure her opinion could never be shaken. Okay. Okay, so Jane's rectitude and delicacy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Elizabeth was sure that Elizabeth's opinion would never be shaken. Does that make sense? Yeah. Elizabeth was sure her opinion of Jane's rectitude and delicacy would never be shaken.
0: Because Yeah, exactly, because her... Um... Elizabeth's opinion of Charlotte has now been shaken to its core, Yes. so now she is seeking more um, stable territory by turning to Jane, whose rectitude and delicacy Elizabeth was was sure that Elizabeth's opinion of Jane couldn't be shaken.
1: Yes, this is all about Elizabeth's opinion and how she views people, but she's basically like, my opinion of Jane will never be shaken because I believe in Jane's rectitude and delicacy. And what is rectitude? um like
0: her moral her, her her like sense of morality her yeah. moralness
1: and i think delicacy is kind of like the same yeah. along the same lines like jane elizabeth believes jane will never be like crass or like you know degrade herself in ways a, a- <laughs> la marion collins yeah
0: we have to remember again this is still Elizabeth's, uh elizabeth's pov which is that I mean, in Elizabeth's eyes, Elizabeth, I mean, Charlotte is has basically committed, like, an immoral act yes. by agreeing to marry Mr. Collins.
2: Uh-huh. And
0: so, she's, now she's sort of, like, almost grateful that Jane, she she feels that Jane would never be so immoral as to marry someone as, like, gross and repugnant as Mr. Collins, because it would not be in line with Jane's delicacy.
1: Elizabeth thinks Charlotte has debased herself in making this match, and I think it's, like... Obviously, you know, the first time I read it, I think I was more on Elizabeth's side, just because it's so surprising. It's easier to, once you go back and comb through it, you're like, oh, Austin, you know, built this. Like, it was inevitable to happen, kind of. Mm -hmm. But, like, on the first read, it's such a surprise that anyone would want to marry Collins, let alone a character who we thought was sensible. That it does kind of seem like, I don't know, almost like Charlotte has sinned in a way.
0: To Elizabeth's eyes.
1: To Elizabeth's eyes. I think it can, it seemed like that to me initially too. I think it can seem like that to a lot of readers.
0: Especially a lot of modern readers. Uh-huh. Uh, to, like at first glance, it's like, how can you marry someone so disgusting and like, who you would like have no chance of actually loving or even respecting? Right.
1: But Charlotte doesn't have, you know, she's looking for economic stability.
0: She's not looking for a love marriage. Yes.
1: And she doesn't have the ability to support herself. She's just going to be a drain on her family until she can find someone to marry her. Yeah. So she's done well here. She has. Yeah. (laughs) As perverse as that sounds. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically Elizabeth never thinks that her opinion of Jane could never be shaken. Yeah. And for whose happiness she grew daily more anxious.
0: So for Jane's happiness, Mm -hmm. she grew daily more anxious. Elizabeth did.
1: Yes. Yeah. Since Bingley had now been gone a week and nothing was heard of his return
0: yeah so this is maybe a few days out of the nether or not even a few days like what is it a week now a week now after the yes. Netherfield ball yeah, yeah, yeah Bingley said that he was going to London for like two or three a few days and then he'd come back so it's been like almost if not actually twice as long as he said he would be gone and Netherfield the Netherfield park is empty and there seems to be no hint that anyone is coming back
1: yeah bingley has not sent anyone they, he's certainly not sent the bennetts any word of Mm-mm. what his plans are mm-hmm. will, will you continue for us sure
0: jane had sent caroline an early answer to her letter remember caroline wrote to jane as like that really bullshit letter about how they're gonna go to london and that bing mr bingley was gonna fall in love with miss darcy and yada 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 um Jane had sent Caroline an early answer to her letter and was counting the days till she might reasonably hope to hear again. Um, I guess it's also worth mentioning, like, Jane can't write to Mr. Bingley. That would be improper. Jane has to write to his sister, uh, Caroline. The promised letter of thanks from Mr. Collins arrived on Tuesday. Imagine, like, waiting, like, with your baiting breath Mm -hmm. at the door for a letter from Caroline, and instead it's a letter from Mr. Collins. That no one wants. (laughs) addressed to their father, and written with all the solemnity of gratitude, which a 12-months abode in the family might have prompted. Okay,
1: how long was Collins with the Bennets? Two weeks. So this letter is written in such, like, highfalutin-like language that you might have believed that Collins had lived with them for a whole year. <laughs> after- I mean, it probably, I'm sorry to interrupt oh, no, you, you, but it probably felt like that. I guess <laughs> two weeks of Collins feels like 12 months.
0: Yeah. Um. After discharging his his conscience on that head, Thank you so much for letting me stay with you. (laughs) Yeah, well, now
1: my (laughs) conscience is clear. I've thanked you (laughs) appropriately. Yeah.
0: He proceeded to inform them with many rapturous expressions of his happiness in having obtained the affection of their amiable neighbor, Miss Lucas, and then explained that it was merely with the view of enjoying her society that he had been so ready to close with their kind wish of seeing him again at Longbourn. whither he hoped to be able to return on Monday fortnight For Lady Catherine, he added, so heartily approved his marriage that she wished it to take place as soon as possible, which he trusted would be an unanswerable argument with his amiable Charlotte to name an early day for making him the happiest of
1: men. Okay, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. I just... The
0: language itself, this language itself is... Is Mr. Collins' yes, voice? Yes, yes,
1: yeah. That is both adapt, uh, like adopting Mr. Collins' voice, and like mercilessly <laughs> making fun of it at the same time. Yeah, I love this uh, phrase though. After discharging his conscience on that head, mm. uh, so like conscience, like after uh, paying
0: his like, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned because I s- took too much time out of your. Um, family's life when i stayed with you for 12
1: days (laughs) (laughs) yeah well now my conscience is clear i've thanked you in a letter Mm -hmm, yeah uh then he proceeds to tell them about the marriage Mm -hmm. and he explains that it was merely with the view of enjoying her society
0: of charlotte's society yes
1: that he had been so ready to close with their kind wish of seeing him again at longbourn what does it mean when it says he had been so ready to close with their kind wish of seeing him again?
0: To accept it. To accept the Bennets' kind wish of seeing him again at Longbourn. Okay,
1: so he says the reason, Mr. Collins says, the reason I was so willing to accept your kind invitation to come back as soon as possible mm-hmm. is because I just wanted to come hang out with Charlotte, right? Yeah. But did the Collin I mean, did the Bennets ever give Collins this invitation?
0: Not really. They, they
1: said, the, kind of, yeah.
0: They did, they said, well i mean what any of us would say it's like oh hope to see you again maybe like oh we should do this again sometime (laughs) yeah
1: mrs bennett says like we'd be happy to see you again yeah and collins is like well great i'm coming back in another week like i'll I'll be there as soon as possible right you can go back Uh, and reread
0: the chapter but there was never an explicit invitation given
1: (laughs) mr bennett's even like hold up like you don't need to come back that soon (laughs) Like let's not fun lady catherine yeah but here collins admits That, with the very selfish design, Mm -hmm. like, he pushed this new, like, this second invitation on the Bennets, basically, just so they can come back and arrange his marriage with Charlotte. Yeah,
0: what a dick moved to write in a letter it's like oh man the only reason that i want to stay with you guys again is because i want to hang out with this other woman from this other family the
1: only reason i'm accepting this invitation that i forced on you <laughs> that you even tried to like dissuade me of mm-hmm. is so i can come marry someone else
0: yeah and uh yeah i want to come monday fortnight so like two weeks from
1: Monday, like the Monday, yeah. two weeks from oh, now. Wow. So very soon, yeah. way too. We have, I, we do not want to see Mr. Collins again this soon.
0: Right. Well, so here we also see why he wants to hurry it up because it's for Lady Catherine, he added, so heartily approved his marriage that Lady Catherine mm-hmm. wished it to take place as soon as possible, which Mr. Collins trusted would be an unanswerable argument with his amiable Charlotte to name an early day for <laughs> making him the happiest of men
1: This is the second time, at least in reference to him and Charlotte's marriage, that he's using this phrase, the happiest of men.
0: Someone out there, please let us know if he actually also uses this phrase when he is proposing to Elizabeth, because I'm (laughs) sure he actually did.
1: Um, Okay, but when it says, so he's like, Lady Catherine approves, because she's going to approve whoever I said, (laughs) and she's like, you better make it fast and collins believes that once he tells charlotte that she can't possibly argue against picking a really early date right but not only
0: that but then having told the bennett's that lady catherine wants him to marry as soon as possible then it's like oh mr the bennett's will also want me to marry as soon as possible uh, and that's so that's why i'm giving you guys like a two weeks heads up that i'm coming over again
1: it's also just so great none of this comes from what collins wants collins <laughs> doesn't want to give Collins probably doesn't want to get married in general it's not like he's itching to get married really soon without Lady Catherine's influence he just wants to do this because Lady Catherine told him to do it and he's like you know a dutiful like bootlicker to her yeah
0: his happiness pretty much impinges on making Lady Catherine happy if he can make Lady Catherine happy he's happy
1: yes yeah yeah so he trusts that telling Charlotte that Lady Catherine wants them to get married really quickly will be an unanswerable argument with her. (laughs) There's no way you could possibly counter that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Mr. Collins' return into Hertfordshire was no longer a matter of pleasure to Mrs. Bennet, obviously. Well,
1: why would it have been a matter of pleasure before? (laughs) Well,
0: had uh, had he left to go back to Hunsford, um... A bachelor there still would have been a glimmer of hope that he could have possibly proposed to another one of their daughters uh-huh. but that hope is now dashed to a million tiny pieces <laughs> um, on the contrary mrs. Bennet was as much disposed to complain of it as her husband it was very strange that he should come to Longbourn instead of Lucas Lodge it was also very inconvenient and exceedingly troublesome she hated having visitors in the house while her health was so indifferent and lovers were, of all people, the most disagreeable.
1: Okay, let's pause. <laughs> all right, well, okay, let's take this one by one. <laughs> so she is now basically as upset as Mr. Bennett that Collins is going to come back and annoy them all so soon.
0: Yeah, and so this line here, it was very strange that he should come to Longbourn instead of to Lucas Lodge. It was also very inconvenient and exceedingly troublesome. So whose voice is that in?
1: Mrs. Bennett. Yeah. It is true. It is, it is true, true that why is Mr. Collins going to come stay at Longbourn when he is like arranging a marriage with the Lucas family?
0: Yeah, right. Why are you staying at this? Shouldn't you be staying at the house of where your betrothed is Lives, yeah. Also,
1: you're the the woman you previously proposed to is in this house that you're gonna come stay in. (laughs) That's true, too. So, why do you think Mr. Collins we don't know, we can only speculate, but why do you think he stays at Longbourn instead of Lucas Lodge? Okay,
0: so I had a reason, and I think I also agree with your reason. So, my reason right from the get go is because like he wants to rub it in a little bit to the Bennets that look, you, your daughter might have spurned me, but I find myself another woman. And I'm going to stay over at your house to kind of rub it in a little bit.
1: Uh, but why did you say? I think it's also, I own this place. You know, this is my home. Like, <laughs> I can stay at Longbourn whenever. That's basically how he treats Longbourn. Like, no one invited him to come. No one invited him to come the first time. He just, like, writes them letters. It's like, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. He treats it like it's his own home already.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So that's why I think so. No, also, I agree. Yeah, we also didn't talk about it. But, you know. Elizabeth is way out of Colin's league. He was, like, being incredibly delusional and thinking that Elizabeth would ever want to marry him. Yeah. I, I don't want to use, maybe the league is not, like, the right term, but I don't know. Charlotte is a little bit more Colin's pace. Like, you know, Colin's not an attractive man. Like, he is not very charming. But, and so, and then Charlotte is, like, you know, she's an older woman. She's not very attractive. She is sensible, but she's not, like, as witty and vivacious as Elizabeth. No. But it doesn't seem like Collins is sensible of all of the fact that Charlotte is a, you know, a step down from Elizabeth, kind of. It
0: really doesn't seem like it. Well, that's because he's not even marrying for status. She's not, he's not marrying for, um, for companionship or, or like anything. Physical or physical attraction. Uh-huh. He's marrying purely because Lady Catherine told him to, okay? Let's not forget that.
1: Imagine just, like, the waste that would have been if Elizabeth had accepted. Oh my accepted god, him.
0: I don't even want to think about that. Ladies out there, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, that's why um, Charlotte
1: kind of is a good match because she doesn't care about that either. I know uh-huh. it is such
0: a strangely perfect match because neither of them want anything else other than security and to have to just plain old be married. The
1: status of being married. Yeah, that's, that's all, all Collins they want. wants. Yeah. yeah, Collins just wants that because Lady Catherine tells him. Right. Charlotte needs that to survive in life. Right. Okay. All right, but established that I think those are both good reasons why he's staying at Longbourn instead of Lucas Lodge. Mm -hmm. To rub it in, and also I own this place. (laughs) Uh, Okay. She hated having visitors in the house while her health was so indifferent.
0: So indifference is like, eh, not great.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like, blah. Have we heard anything about Mrs. Bennett's indifferent health up until this point?
0: I mean we've only ever heard her nerves. We've about heard about her, her nerves. nerves, but never so much that she's like ailing. Yeah,
1: I just think I think whenever Mrs. Bennett is upset, she's also sick. Like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. something has pissed me off and so now I'm ill also. Yeah. Uh-huh. She hated
0: having visitors in the house while her health was so indifferent. It's like I don't know. That's such a that's not true. That's like that's that's such a um a thing that you say in the convenience of the moment, uh-huh. you know? Like, and you know I hate it when I when people are in the house. You never told me. Like, you know I hate it. It's so bad for me.
1: She would have loved having Mr. Collins as a visitor if, he, if she thought he was going to propose to another Bennett.
0: Daughter. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. for sure.
1: It's just because he is already, like, engaged <laughs> elsewhere. And then here, this is great. And lovers were, of all people, the most disagreeable.
0: Yeah, she's being a real grumpy gilly right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hate lovers. Also, that is...
1: Completely not true. It's just lovers of anyone other than her daughters, the most disagreeable. Yeah.
0: Well, especially, and then also of people who will be stealing their house from under them in her (laughs) eyes. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Such were the gentle murmurs of Mrs. Bennet. All right, that's sarcastic. That's Austin's, like, voice being sarcastic. (laughs) The gentle murmurs. These murmurs are not gentle. When
0: has Mrs. Bennet ever murmured, and when has she ever said anything gently? These are, like,
1: (laughs) the gentle murmurs sounds like, you know, a distressed lover, kind of.
0: Or, like, maybe even, like, a frantic but, like, composed matriarch, but that she is not that either. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay, such were the gentle murmurs of Mrs. Bennet. And they gave way only to the greater distress of Mr. Bingley's continued absence. Mm. So not only has Collins (laughs) so gravely wronged her by marrying Charlotte, but also Bingley's gone. And this is like such a slap in the face to me, Mrs. Bennett.
0: It's like she doesn't get any relief from anything when she's not thinking about... um... When she's not thinking about how upset she is that Mr. Collins is coming. She's thinking about how upset she is that Mr. Bingley is not here.
1: I just love Mrs. Bennet. That's a very true to life character that I think people will try. You know, we don't like to think about too much. But these people who just think that anything that happens is all directed at them. Like if anything bad happens, that's an insult to me. And if anything (laughs) good happens, it's because of of what I've done.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: And that is who Mrs. Bennet is. It is
0: such like... I mean, I feel like this, this, this word gets used a lot, but like, it's such like narcissistic behavior. Oh, she
1: is a crazy narcissist, (laughs) but but still not. I mean, I still like believe that. I mean, I believe her character. I, I think people do act like this. Oh, I
0: agree. Yeah. Uh, And I believe narcissists think, truly think that the world is either against (laughs) them or that they've earned everything. Right. Everything
1: is about them. Yeah. Neither Jane nor Elizabeth were comfortable on this subject. this subject being Bingley's absence, right, and so they they were nervous about it, basically mm-hmm. day after day passed away without bringing any other tidings of him than the report which shortly prevailed in Meryton of his coming no more to Netherfield the whole winter. a report which highly incensed Mrs. Bennett and which she never failed to contradict as a most scandalous falsehood. <laughs> You liar! (laughs) Take that back! How dare you! (laughs) Slander! (laughs) Uh, Okay, so like, they. Bingley's not. I don't know. He's not looking good here. Mm -mm. Jane and Elizabeth are both nervous about whether he's ever going to come back. They haven't heard anything from him, and now there's this rumor going around Meriton that he's, you know, he's going to be gone the whole winter.
0: Yeah. Which, of course, Mrs. Bennett took as, like, a personal insult. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that's basically... Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's how she treats that. <laughs>
0: and I took it personally.
1: Well, Mrs. Bennett has been going around telling everyone that this marriage is going to happen. Yeah. It's almost, like, contradicting is... things Mrs. Bennett said. She's
0: walking around with egg on her face. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> the only... <laughs>
1: no, sorry. You were saying? What, what were you saying? I was just
0: going to say egg on her face to use, like, a very hel- hilarious metaphor. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I like to... Kind of, you know, think about what the origin of that metaphor is. <laughs> but yes, so like anytime someone says Mr. Bingley's not coming back all winter, and Mrs. Bennett is basically treating that as if someone's calling her a liar.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, Every, yeah. The, she's gone around town saying they're getting engaged. And instead, what's happening right now is that Bingley is nowhere to be found and that rumors are saying he's gone. He's not coming back the whole winter having not proposed to jane by the way lest we should forget yes and mrs bennett her she has like you know spidey senses anytime someone is talking about his absence during the winter time and she's like beating them to a pulp <laughs> 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 metaphorically, basically yeah with her <laughs> words uh... with her words yeah and i love that it's such a scandalous falsehood it's like not that you know a woman is cheating on her husband or that someone got pregnant or that what other kind of salacious gossip you can think of it's just that someone has left out he's gonna it's like,
1: stay yeah <laughs>
0: he's gonna be gone for the winter and she she perceives that as scandalous
1: uh-huh well the scandal is that he's not gonna propose to jane right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. but that's not necessarily what people are saying in no horror. it's
0: not necessarily what they're uh-huh. saying but maybe the undertones of oh he's not coming back means like oh he's not proposing to jane <laughs>
1: that's a good point it is not that's Like, as far as rumors go, it is not very scandalous at all. Oh, this guy's going to be gone for the winter. Right. Uh, But
0: it's sort of like what's not being said is the real gossip, I guess. Right. Like, you wouldn't, like, I don't know. If you're in a small town, when you're saying, quote, so-and-so isn't coming back into town, you can sort of, you can sort of, like, um, infer that it also means, obviously, that bingley is not good proposing to jane and if
1: people in town know that the there is a prospect of him proposing it is most likely because of mrs bennett because of what she said
0: yeah oh my god yeah truly just just shooting herself in the foot
1: Uh and you know and sir william people have seen it people have seen this kind of like attachment
0: with Sir Williams, with Sir Williams.
1: Sir Williams also, he has talked about how it's an inevitability that. Oh, Bingley yeah, yeah, Jane. you're right. You're so right. it is kind of like town gossip. And... Mm hmm.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Even Elizabeth began to fear not that Bingley was indifferent, not that he didn't love Jane, but that his sisters would be successful in keeping him away. Unwilling as she was to admit an idea so destructive of Jane's happiness, and so dishonorable to the stability of her lover, she could not prevent its frequent recurring. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth could not prevent always having this thought that Bingley is not coming back. That his sisters are have successfully kept him away from Jane, even though this idea is destructive to Jane's happiness and honestly dishonorable yeah. to Bingley himself. Because he did kind of lead Jane along. This is what Elizabeth believes.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: The united efforts of his two unfeeling sisters and of his overpowering friend, assisted by the attractions of Miss Darcy and the amusements of London, might be too much, Elizabeth feared, for the strength of his attachment. Mm. Okay, who is his overpowering friend?
0: Mr. Darcy.
1: Yes. And uh, I think this goes back to what you were saying, like, Elizabeth is always just harping on (laughs) Darcy.
0: Yeah, She's got a bone to pick with Darcy, despite, Uh it's sort of like a subconscious, like, bone to pick with Mr. Darcy. Um, But yeah, she can't help but always think, like, all of her thoughts sort of circle back to Darcy.
1: She doesn't want to think this about Bingley. No. And even in her thoughts, it is not Bingley's fault. It's the two sisters and Darcy who are keeping them there.
0: The only way that, yeah, exactly. Like, the only way it seems that Mr. Bingley could possibly, um, uh, could possibly like choose to stay in london is all of these all of these variables coming together his two sisters mm-hmm. uh, mr darcy yeah. miss darcy potentially and what a great city london is to spend winter in you know
1: right the attractions of miss darcy and the amusements of london on their own wouldn't have been enough to defeat the strength of bingley's attachment but those added to the influence of his sisters and Darcy. Yeah. She, Elizabeth fears is too much for Bingley to overcome.
0: I guess she doesn't consider Mr. Hurst to be an influence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's probably, like the rest of us, forgotten about Mr. Hurst completely. <laughs> yeah. You want to keep going? Sure.
0: As for Jane, her anxiety under this suspense was, of course, more painful than Elizabeth's. But whatever she felt, she was desirous of concealing. And between herself and Elizabeth, therefore the subject was never alluded to. But as no such delicacy restrained her mother, an hour seldom passed in which she did not talk of Bingley, express her impatience for his arrival, or even require Jane to confess that if he did not come back, she should think herself very ill-used. It needed all Jane's steadiness, steady mildness to bear these attacks with tolerable tranquility.
1: I think this is a little interesting window into Jane's character. So Austin tells us straight up that her Jane's anxiety is more painful to her than it is to Elizabeth, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? So Jane Mm -hmm. is in some pain over the anxiety she feels of whether Bingley's going to come back or not. Mm -hmm. But whatever she felt she was desirous of concealing, but she just can't, not even to Elizabeth, can she say the pain that she's feeling at this moment, right? Mm-hmm. And between herself and elizabeth therefore the subject was never alluded to why do you think that she doesn't want to talk to elizabeth about the pain and the anxiety she's feeling over bingley's continued absence
0: i think maybe she doesn't want to admit that like she doesn't want to admit that it's over. She doesn't want to admit that like he's hurt her because he's st- she still wants to think that he's coming back and that it's all just a misunderstanding like she always thinks everything's a misunderstanding. To admit that she's in pain is to admit that Mr. Bingley hurt her and mm-hmm. she doesn't want. She doesn't want Mr. Bingley to be someone who hurt her. And I also think maybe to an extent she knows what Elizabeth is like. Yeah. So if she expresses her grief then Elizabeth would sort of like um maybe like unwittingly exacerbate it
2: mm-hmm. like
0: obviously elizabeth wants what's she 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 loves jane but i don't think jane wants elizabeth to um talk talk poo poo about mr bingley either
1: right i think yeah i agree with what you're saying i just don't think jane has the language to criticize bingley
0: that's also a, good a point.
1: because if you put it into words it's almost like it's real yeah, right? yeah. if you say oh bingley is abusing me or that's not quite the right word, because that has a different connotation. Or more like, you know, Bingley has used me ill. If she says that Bingley used me ill by leading me along and then leaving town, that almost, like, makes it seem kind of true, right? If she admits yeah. that, it makes it seem, to Jane, it makes it seem truer in her head than if she doesn't. I also just don't think she knows how to say, like, like, she, on a basic level, doesn't know how to express her hurt, because all she can do is talk about, you know, she only can think of people acting in the best possible way right
0: yeah exactly to to for for bangley to if he indeed used her ill if he actually let her on that's a really evil thing to do um because of someone in his position and to like to kind of very publicly favor her at the ball at other gatherings and then to just like run away and not even like with no reason like that's a really shitty thing to do. Yeah. And Jane doesn't want to think of Bingley in that way.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, she's desirous of concealing this. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's fair to say, like, if she just doesn't want to talk about it, it's too painful to talk about. And right. Jane, yeah, does not know how to, like, complain about this, kind of. Yeah. So it would hurt Jane more to like articulate it at oh this point. Oh my gosh, I'm
0: about to cry for Jane. This is so sad.
1: But however, it's not. It doesn't end there. <laughs> yeah. As
0: yeah. If it couldn't get any worse.
1: So she Jane is in such pain about this that she can't even talk to Elizabeth about it, who is her closest confidant. Mm-hmm. But as no such delicacy restrained her mother, as her mother does not have Jane's delicacy. Mm. An hour seldom passed in which Mrs. Bennet did not talk of Bingley, Mm. express her impatience for his arrival.
0: Okay, so Mrs. Bennet is still clinging on that Mr. Bingley is going to ride up on his horse any day now. Uh She's like,
1: where's Bingley? What is taking him so long? Doesn't he know how this hurts me? And then this is really the worst part because Jane does not want to talk about the pain she's feeling. Mm -hmm. But Mrs. Bennet requires, she even requires Jane to confess that if he did not come back, she should think herself very ill-used. So we can just imagine Mrs. Bennett is just, like, constantly pestering Jane. Like, you know, if Bingley really doesn't come back, isn't he a terrible guy, right? That's what she's saying. Like, you have to admit it. Didn't he use you ill? Admit it. Say it. (laughs) I know.
0: And that's just, that's not even, I mean, obviously that's not good mothering, but that's just sort of because Mrs. Bennett needs another outlet to express her rage, and she's gonna almost, like, take it out on her daughter because maybe she's even seeing how, um, like, sort of calm her daughter is and she's i don't know almost feeling like she needs someone else to amplify her rage yeah
1: and mrs bennett cannot read like i, I imagine elizabeth <laughs> can see that jane's in pain yeah but uh, mrs bennett cannot read this she's just like why aren't you complaining like me right why don't you admit it <laughs> he, he used us both ill <laughs>
0: <laughs> me most of all <laughs> yeah
1: and says it needed all jane's steady mildness to bear these attacks with tolerable tranquility and that these words, attack, that is not a mistake. That's what it that is what Mrs. Bennett is doing to Jane, basically. Yeah, yeah she's she attacking Jane. I don't think she means to hurt Jane, but this is just like how Mrs. Bennett expresses herself.
0: It almost kind of, now that I think about it, it's a sign that maybe Mrs. Bennett has never actually experienced the love that Jane is feeling right now. If like if Mrs. Bennett were able to feel some sort of sympathy for some empathy, Then she would see that jane is actually hurting but maybe mrs bennett has never quite felt this Uh, way about anyone mr bennett obviously included that she can't quite figure out she can't quite realize that's like oh i'm actually hurting jane (laughs) by making her say these yes
1: if mrs bennett ever had that kind of attachment it was not for mrs mr bennett (laughs) i think that's fair to say
0: (laughs) no it certainly was not
1: okay it's just such like i mean it is very like sad and like empathy inducing for jane But it's also kind of hilarious just how bad of a mother Mrs. Ben is being at the moment. No, yeah, it fucking
0: sucks, man. Like, I don't know. I. mm.
1: But Jane can bear these attacks because (laughs) she has just enough steady mildness (laughs) with tolerable tranquility. Mm. Okay, so what happens next?
0: All right. Mr. Collins returned, most punctually, on the Monday fortnight. But his reception at Longbourn was not quite so gracious as it had been on his first introduction. He was too happy, however, to need much attention, mm-hmm. and luckily for the others, the business of love making relieved them from a great deal of his company.
1: <laughs> I love that the business of love making—it's—it <laughs> sounds paradoxical almost. Yeah.
0: Oh, I guess we should. Uh, love making is not what we think making love is. Love making is just sort of like courting, courting. Courting someone. and wooing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it only started referring to sex like recently.
0: The chief of every day was spent by him at Lucas Lodge, and he sometimes returned to Longbourn only in time to make an apology for his absence before the family went to bed.
1: So, this is all... I feel like this is just hammering home how ridiculous it is for Collins to be there.
0: How ridiculous it is, and how just... Oh, how gross and, like, improper he is without even realizing it, you know? When I
1: say here, I should clarify to be at Longbourn. Right, to be staying uh, at Longbourn rather than
0: Lucas Lodge. Like... He's coming to. He's coming and with he and he said the only reason I want to come to Longbourn is to hang out with Lady Lucas who lives in Lucas Lodge. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna stay at Lucas Lodge. I'm gonna stay at Longbourn.
1: Oh, you mean Charlotte Lucas?
0: Sorry. No, I'm talking about Mr. Collins.
1: Yeah, you said Lady Lucas. Oh, sorry, sorry, uh-huh. Charlotte uh, yeah, Lucas. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, to to talk to Charlotte Lucas, um, future lady of Longbourn, <laughs>
1: um,
0: and like, but not even hang out with you guys, which is a relief, obviously, for the family and that the only times where he actually even says anything to the family is when he's saying, oh, sorry, I couldn't hang out with you guys. And then the family goes to bed. Sorry,
1: I've been gone all day. And of course, this apology is completely unnecessary because no one wants Collins around.
0: Exactly. Like,
1: this apology is almost more of an insult than if he just snuck up to his room every night.
0: Right, yeah. I feel like
1: it's him making himself known. Mm-hmm. was like, uh, I'm sorry I was gone all day, guys, but I'm sure you knew what I was doing. Wink, wink, right? <laughs> <laughs> Planning to take over your house. Yeah, I was uh,
0: lovemaking with another woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Mrs. Bennett was really in a most pitiable state The very mention of anything concerning the match threw her into an agony of ill humor. And wherever she went, she was sure of hearing it talked of.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, the match being between Collins and Charlotte Lucas. Yeah. The sight of Miss Lucas was odious to her. Oh, there's that word
0: again. Odious. Odious. Remember, she refers to Mr. Collins at the very beginning as an odious man because Mm. she thinks he's only coming here to... I don't know, survey his future property. Well,
1: anyone who wrongs Mrs. Bennett is now universally odious. Like, <laughs> their character is just bad. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I like, Charlotte didn't. This is so unwarranted. Like, Charlotte did not personally hurt Mrs. Bennett. It's not like she attracted Collins with the idea of, oh, I'm really going to hurt Mrs. Bennett with this one. Right. But I feel like that's how Mrs. Bennett feels. Well, like Mrs. The,
0: Be- Mrs. Bennett thinks that, like, Charlotte betrayed her, essentially.
1: Uh huh. As her successor in that house, she regarded her with jealous abhorrence. <laughs> that's basically like hate. Like, yeah. like, and it, it is true that Charlotte is her successor, so that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, as her successor in the house, she regarded Charlotte with jealous abhorrence. Whenever Charlotte came to see them, she concluded her to be anticipating the hour of possession. Oh my God! Whenever she spoke in a low voice to Mister Collins, was convinced that they were talking of the Longbourn estate and resolving to turn herself and her daughters out of the house as soon as Mrs. Mr. Bennet were dead.
0: Oh, this, this is, is true.
1: Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? This is true paranoia. I was
0: just saying yeah, that, yeah, yeah. she In, is unhinged. <laughs> anytime they,
1: like, talk quietly to each other, she's like, you're planning my death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're poisoning <Yeah>. the wine. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Uh, she is just so, yeah, she is a class A narcissist, Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> but she's great. We love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she complained bitterly of all this to her husband.
0: Mm. What does she say? Indeed, Mr. Bennett, said Mrs. Bennett. It is very hard to think that Charlotte Lucas should ever be mistress of this house. That I should be forced to make way for her and live to see her take my place in okay. it.
1: Okay. The, both the I... the her are italicized yeah well what do you think the like subtext of this is that i should be forced to make way for her (laughs) charlotte should never be the mistress of this house well she
0: thinks the entire lucas family is beneath her Uh so by virtue of that charlotte is beneath her so so she is thinking like how dare someone who is in a higher standing than charlotte like myself have to like Genuflect to char- someone like Charlotte.
1: Mrs. Bennett thinks this is a grave insult that Charlotte is going to be the new mistress of Longbourn because, yeah, it's true. She thinks she's better than the Lucases. She also thinks Charlotte is unattractive and she knows she's old. So Mrs. is just like, Charlotte is such a step down for me. Like, look at the, <laughs> look who's going to be running this place after me. Yeah, she's almost 30. What a disgrace, <laughs> yeah. She truly thinks this is a disgrace that Charlotte is going to be her successor <laughs> because Mrs. Bennett believes she is a much better person than Charlotte Lucas is.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, and then Mr. Bennett says, My dear, do not give way to such gloomy thoughts. Let us hope for better things. Let us flatter ourselves that I may be the survivor. Oh my
0: god, what a dick!
1: <laughs> so he's saying, like, don't worry, like, Mrs. Bennett, why do you have such gloomy thoughts? Maybe you'll die first. <laughs> That's great. I love that. How does Mrs. Bennett feel about this?
0: This was not very consoling to Mrs. Bennett. And therefore, instead of making any answer, she went on as before. That is the
1: epitome of their relationship.
0: Just like mrs bennett saying something mr bennett mocking her mrs bennett ignoring that and continuing to talk saying
1: the same thing she was saying before yeah yeah
0: i cannot bear it to think that they should have all this estate if it was not for the entail i should not mind it
1: okay well if it was not for the entail then they wouldn't get the estate that, yeah. <laughs> that's simple enough. if there wasn't
0: an entail <laughs> mrs bennett would not be like so strung out on making sure her her daughters get married
1: you know? yeah well I love it it's just like if it weren't for the entail it wouldn't bother me you know that they were going to get the estate well they <laughs> wouldn't get the estate if it wasn't for the exactly intel. yeah like, it yeah. is inherently
0: uh-huh. like a paradox yeah
1: what should you not what should not you mind or basically what shouldn't what would you not mind
0: I should not mind anything at all <laughs>
1: Let us be thankful that you were preserved from a state of such insensibility. Oh my gosh! And so he's like, "Well, at least this gives you something to think about." And I yeah. truly believe Mr. Bennett would be like, "Well, if you didn't have this to think about, you'd just be like, you'd just be plain stupid." At least this gives <laughs> you like a motivation. Yeah,
0: I can never be thankful, Mr. Bennett, for anything about the entail. How anyone c- could have the conscience to entail away an estate from one's own daughters, I cannot understand, and all for the sake of Mr. Collins too why should he have it more than anybody else
1: okay so this is absurd for a couple of reasons first of all the person who created the entail was not mr bennett right right
0: who
1: who created the entail
0: um the guy who whom from whom mr bennett inherited it so probably his it's probably father. his father
1: okay so it's not his father let's just say his father was the one who created this entail it's it's not his own daughter's that he was entailing the estate away from, right? right yeah. Uh-huh. So issue one. Issue two is Mr. Collins is not specified in the entailment. <laughs> it's not like, oh, this, <laughs> this estate is supposed to go specifically to Mr. Collins. He right, just happened yeah. to be in line. But Mrs. Bennett almost believes that, like, Mr. Bennett created this entail to steal the estate from her daughter so that he could give it specifically to Mr. Collins.
0: Her Yeah, like her... Her worldview is so narrow that she can only think in terms of like the people that she knows, the people around her. She can't possibly like fathom that like this entailment, this like docu this legal document is sort of like not not specifically about Mrs. Bennett, you know
1: uh and then this last sentence is great. Why should he? Have it more than anybody else. Well, why should anyone have anything other, over anyone else, right? Why yeah. does Mrs. Bennet live there over anyone else? That's
0: true. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: oh, and I think Mr. Bennet has the perfect retort for that. I leave it to yourself to determine, said Mr. Bennet. To determine what?
0: What? What?
1: Why Mr. Collins should have Longbourn. Y- yeah, that's... He- it's just absurd yeah yeah, yeah it's, a, uh, it's an unanswerable question yeah well the real question is like why do you even live here right right like why do you have it over anyone else
0: <laughs> yeah it's like there's nothing else to be there's nothing you can possibly say to that no one said mr bennett mr collins should have it more than anyone else uh
1: this is almost a little like anti-climactic uh jape from mr bennett it's not quite as witty as let's hope no. that you die first
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, like all of these chapters, it ends very anticlimactically.
1: Well, that is the end of Volume 1.
0: That's true, we made it through the whole Volume 1.
1: It ends with the parents, as the book started.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, we are not leaving the Bennetts in a very good place here.
0: No, it ends on a very, very, like, dismal note. Um...
1: They're definitely not going to inherit Longbourn. Yes. Mr. Collins, that is a done deal. Mr. Yeah. Collins and Charlie Lucas will be the new owners once Mr. Bennett dies.
0: Yeah, Longbourn is off the table, kids.
1: Bingley is gone. We have Bingley is AWOL, and we have not heard from him.
0: We don't know where he is. Yeah. We don't know what he's doing.
1: General Report says he's not coming back this winter. The mm. only word we have is from Caroline, who's basically like, I'm never gonna let him marry you to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> That's in essence what she's saying.
0: Yeah. And uh what else?
1: Mrs Bennett continues to be foolish, I guess. Just like yeah, I don't and know.
0: yeah, and now like the, the, you know the fucking Lucas has half the upper hand yeah, now.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. This is a it is a leveling for Mrs Bennett. It's almost a deserved humiliation that Lady Lucas can now throw this in her face. Oh,
0: totally love it.
1: I would say it's poetic justice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, you want to talk about this email? Okay. That we got? Yeah. Yes. So we got another email. It's from Ira again, all the way from Australia. Hello,
0: Ira. Hi,
1: Ira. You want to read it, Grace?
0: Sure. Um, Hello, Tom and Grace. I just want to let you both know how chuffed I was. Well, I love... I just want to let you know how much I love the word chuffed. Um, to, to that you read my last email and the end of the last episode, it made my day.
1: Thank you, Ira, for saying it made my day. I wasn't sure what chuffed meant <laughs> at first, but I'm glad it means happy. Uh-huh.
0: Um, the story is really starting to heat up, that's true. And I've been so enjoying all the Mr. Collins analysis. He is definitely one of my all-time favorite fictional fools, and it's been interesting hearing your insights on him. I, I mean, he is such a, like unexpectedly complex character oh
1: definitely he's he's a very unique fool he is a fool but in a very unique way right Uh yeah
0: but he's also like a fool he's he's so multifaceted but never in a way that is
1: uh empathetic (laughs) (laughs) yeah austin doesn't need to do that the characters are just so well drawn that she doesn't need to appeal to your sympathy that's what lesser writers do right
0: um, I think you both do a great job of breaking down his particular blend of inadequacies, and it's really entertaining. <laughs> it's true, he's
1: entirely ina- inadequate, and yet he has somehow like finagled a measure of power in this world.
0: I Well, yeah. It's because he was just born a man, babe, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on a random note, I always did wonder if he might have married Mary Bennett in an alternate universe. I wonder this just because the BBC screen adaptation seemed to depict her as being quite smitten with him. And they would certainly be as boring as each other. Uh, possibly a match made in heaven.
1: Hmm. Interesting. We, You know, we talked about this in the last chapter, how Mary is like, with some instruction, maybe Mr. Collins could be better. I yeah. think this is hard to convey visually. I think the, you know, an accurate depiction or like way to summarize how Mary feels to Mr. Collins is he has some potential. Like I could maybe w- work him into being a reasonable husband.
0: Yeah, she sort of... Sees him as like, like his her own personal like project, like her, like um a brain to be molded to put by by her education. Uh-huh. But like we said in the chapter or the previous chapter, chapter twenty two, like that's not what Mister Collins wants. That
1: might be a little too willful for Mister Collins. Yeah, even if he could use some instruction, <laughs> but
0: even Mary is too willful uh-huh. for him, which is why you know Charlotte seems to be like a very good match for him and
1: i think that's it's a testament to austin's matchmaking prowess that she could even find a match for mr collins Mm -hmm. and someone who is gonna be okay with it
0: i like that you mentioned the bbc bbc adaptation because yes there it is a little more overt um mary's interactions with him as mary being sort of like very um admiring of him and i think even um i don't know if you've watched the 2005 pride and prejudice but there is sort of like a quick scene Um, It's like a blink and you miss it scene like right after Collins' failed proposal with Elizabeth where Mary sort of looks at uh, Tom Hollander's um, Mr. Collins with some sort of like um, yearning. Uh, I don't know if you're interested in watching that again but there is sort of a there is a note there. So it is interesting that like with all of these adaptations directors and screenwriters yeah. still want to give the like "ooh, what if situation Possibly. between mary and collins yeah.
1: and mrs bennett certainly thought that could be a possibility oh totally I'll yeah i'll make mary <laughs> mary will take them yeah just going
0: down the ladder <laughs> um but thank you again for writing back yes,
1: thank you love to get emails from our listeners mm-hmm. and any any opinions you have on characters we always like to hear them yeah especially collins i was remember strange scene from that bbc adaptation he like runs into lydia in like a state of distress oh, and he yeah. like gives her a look over and then she like runs away into her room and you can hear her laughter yeah that's kind of an interesting choice
0: i kind of remember that where you're right she's like she's like basically in her underwear i think
1: i feel like that uh miniseries um collins is a little bit more of a lech than i read collins as
0: no yeah he's so much more snivelly in the bbc adaptation maybe yeah. because we sort of i mean maybe they needed to be um a little more um obtuse with his characterization in like film adaptations and so rather screen adaptations i
1: just find him a little bit like i think he has kind of a sexual energy in that <laughs> show even if it's completely negative where i don't see that for collins in the book
0: yeah he is sort of like a pervert in he's sort of like perverty
1: it's all like kind of subtextual in the miniseries but... yeah I I don't think that is Collins. I don't think Collins is, like, physically attracted to women. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I will say the BBC Collins is more accurate physically. Collins, in the book, is like a big, heavy man.
0: Yeah. They're both kind of short and squat, but you're right. I think think the BBC version is, first of all... um, way less attractive and like what's go, his name?
1: Tom Holland. That's the
0: two thousand five version. I can't recall who Well I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't remember him. But yeah, Tom Holland's a pretty I think he's a, yeah, handsome he's a guy. I mean, yeah. yeah, they're all
0: they're all in Hollywood, okay? They're all handsome. So there are no unhandsome people in Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Pride Ampersand Prejudice. But yeah, I think because um uh the the BBC Collins is a little uh more kind of bulky.
1: He's a little bulky. He's got some like like I don't know acne or something <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got some
0: maybe some like neck rolls maybe I'm just maybe now maybe I'm just making shit up that, yeah but whatever point is um who I, mean, I don't know how great a match Collins and Mary would have been I think maybe Mary would have tried to want to change him and then she would quickly learn that he doesn't want to change
1: but thank you Ira for writing in mm, yeah um okay well I guess that's a good place to leave it so for volume 1 yeah wow chapter 23 we'll yeah. see you in volume 2 hopefully we can resolve some of these issues that the bennets are facing
0: right and again if you have any questions comments concerns um i did i did put um, put out that question last episode about what your american casting of an american version of pride and prejudice would be so feel free to you know rattle your brain for some american actors still in in the circulation right now.
1: still in circulation. That hasn't
0: been overturned by a British or an Australian actor.
1: <laughs> Would you ever watch now this is he is far out of circulation. Would you ever watch a Pride and Prejudice with Orson Wells as Darcy?
0: Ooh. Maybe, yeah. I well he That's- plays
1: Rochester.
0: Oh, he does.
1: Yeah, he plays Rochester in a, a Jane Eyre movie from the 30s or 40s. But uh, I don't know; it's hard to say. I think he has the right attitude to play Darcy. I maybe don't know if he's uh, maybe physically. I don't know if I see it.
0: He's a little too suave, I think, to play Darcy. Maybe, yeah. but that's because my only my only um, data point for Orson Welles is Citizen Kane. That's true. So.
1: Yeah, well, Darcy's an interesting mixture of both, like suave and socially awkward. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so that's that's why it's it's a hard it's hard to cast these characters because they're so specific.
0: That they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, Okay, so, well, um, we leave
1: it up to you. And what is our email address? Our
0: email address is secondimpressionspod at gmail.com.
1: All right. Well, thank you all to our listeners. Yeah, we've made listening. it this we far. We love it, yeah. This we, was
0: sort of like, I mean, to the, we may have even made it through for the one volume, I think, is... Uh, We're just really happy to be doing this.
1: Yeah, and I love living. It feels like we get to live with the text and, like, really dig deep into each chapter. And I think Austin lends herself to it. Nothing is wasted. Everything is telling you interesting new new information.
0: Yes, otherwise we would not be going through it line by line.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, All all right, let's stop there. So I'm Tom. And I'm Grace. Bye.